Welcome back, listeners, to this week's episode of If I Only Knew. Today, I'm back with my fantastic co-host, Fred. Say good day, Fred. Good day, everybody. Thank you very much for joining me again this week. Uh, your presence is always appreciated. And in fact, today's episode has been uh, sparked a little bit by a conversation we had a few weeks ago that has just really stuck for me because it felt quintessentially Fred. Uh, we were chatting a bit about uh, you know getting your money's worth and, and bargaining and whatnot. And uh, you told me that you were willing to uh, try every trick in the book to get the maybe purchase of a TV down, even just a, a, a few hundred bucks or a few tens of bucks. And um, you went so far as to suggest you'd be willing to offer to pay in cash to uh to to snag that sweet sweet deal now i've got to say fred um i'm not that much of a bargain hunter but i can totally imagine you being a demon in the retail store is this is this true is this really the case you're you're, you're a real fan of it matt our, our listeners are going to be shocked by what you've said <laughs> not because you've made allegations that are completely true about me but that you would somehow not be doing <laughs> what I've said you should do. And this is this is this truly generational issue. I, I must admit there are people in my life that have witnessed uh, my tenacity when I say to somebody, what's the best price you can do on that? Or what's the cash price on that? Now, to begin with, listeners, some of you are closer to my vintage than Matt's. Can you believe that he believes paying in cash is some sort of revolutionary strategy. It's ridiculous, Man, I have to ask a question. No, no, no. I'll tell you an article I read recently that typifies my understanding of cash. Mm. And uh, even though I'm a psychologist, I have an irrational fear about this idea of what they call a cashless society. Okay. I don't understand it. It worries me. And I'll tell you why. The article read, if you pay a shopkeeper with a $50 note, that $50 is worth $50. He then pays his milk vendor with the $50 note, and he gets $50 worth of value out of the $50 note, and the milk vendor then goes and puts $50 worth of petrol in his truck and gets $50 worth of value. And the person that runs the service station pays his suppliers with a $50 note. But if you walk into that store and buy $50 worth of stuff and put it on plastic, then the store owner gets $48. And if he pays to his vendor for milk using plastic, the vendor for milk gets $48. So the $50 has already gone down by $4 because of fees and charges to do with FPOS. And as that continues, you can get to a point where $50 becomes worth zero to anybody but the bank. Okay? It's a very good illustration, those, I will say. Can, can I just say something? that Our listeners, this is, a, this is an audio medium. The look of OK Boomer on Matt's face right now, they're just the sheer condescendence and the sheer, I don't know, <laughs> almost, almost, he's looking at me with sympathy, listeners, sympathy. I'm processing, he, Fred, I'm processing. He totally zoned out when I started to tell the old man's story about how a dollar works for a dollar. But Matt, I want to ask you, okay, you went to the capital of bargaining in the universe. Mm. You've just done a tour of India. Mm. Tell me that you didn't haggle, arm wrestle, 
you know, grapple to get a dollar or two mm. off uh, a purchase there. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is why this is so funny because, like, in Australia, I, I wouldn't even think of it. But obviously, it's the done thing in many other countries. And uh, when I was in India, I, I feel like I... I learned a few things about myself and about my attitude towards spending and that kind of thing that I reckon are, are maybe worth sharing in this context because um, the first one is that everyone bargains and I'm crap at it, right? Um, and so that was a, a something to practice and something to work on. I think I got better by the end, but you know, it's, it's there's a, certainly a skill to it. You've got to know what levers to pull. I never would have thought to offer cash, right, Fred? That's why I think that's um, crazy. To me, the, the main reason someone wants you to pay in cash is to avoid taxes, not to avoid the uh, 2% FPOS charge. But you're absolutely right. That's, a, that's something I wouldn't have thought of. And on big purchases, maybe it makes a difference. Um, you know, maybe, uh, maybe another lever you can pull is I buy in bulk and that means that you get a better discount. And, um, but I also learned that bargaining sucks, Fred. I learned that I don't want to do it. I learned that, that it makes me, you know, it's, it's time consuming. I, I'm never sure if I'm getting ripped off or not. And um, so I learned that I'd be willing to pay, you know, about probably five or 10% above the, um, above the absolute minimum price for the sake of convenience. For the sake of not having to bargain, for the sake of being able to conduct business smoothly, to have few barriers to transactions. And um, kind of reverberated in my head because it made me think of a lot of the economics that I've done at uni, where we talk about a formalized economy. We talk about, you know, the ideal economic situation, perfect competition, low barriers to entry, uh, no transaction costs, right? And I realized that what I was observing in India, in my opinion, or in my experience, was the impetus to formalize the economy because as a tourist I had a little bit of money and you know of course got to participate in, in, in the way it works over there but there were some places where I could bargain and some places where I didn't have to and if I was paying 10% more at the places I didn't have to bargain but I felt like I wasn't getting ripped off I felt like oh this is the price everyone pays I'm not being singled out I'm not getting harder than everyone else then I'm willing to go there now obviously there's an element of being a tourist here and I don't want to draw too much from my own experience which is diametrically different to many many other people's um but i think it was striking the the prevalence of bargaining the fact that if i really wanted to i could participate but that i'd always choose to pay just that little bit extra friend and i think that's something that you that you must think is insane given your willingness to bargain in the organized economy and the formalized economy of australia you make me sound like some sort of highwayman, but I have to say to our listeners, you hear how he's saying that he doesn't bargain and, and he's causing me pain. I think he's doing it intentionally. He's just feeling himself in this podcast today. Let me ask you a question, Matt. How much of a discount would you need to actually put your shoulder to the wheel and bargain? Yeah, fantastic. And I think this is, maybe this is the other side of it. I'm willing to bargain for hundreds of dollars i'm really to buying up for big purchases right maybe i just got a bit worn down about bargaining for bananas in india or something like that yeah. but i think i feel like i'm willing to pay maybe five percent for the convenience of something being formalized i would say if everything costs five percent more to formalize it to make it easy so that i so that i don't have to feel like i've come away from every transaction second guessing myself to make sure that i felt like i was getting the standard price everyone got I'd say 5% is about what I realized I was willing to pay. And I think this is maybe because I was very kind of self-conscious in my travels, right? And in the purchasing that I was making, um, because I constantly felt like 
other people were getting the best of me. Now, this is a difficult conversation in some ways, a difficult feeling in some ways, given the economic situation between India and Australia, right? Um, some people on my university study tour to India had a completely diametrically opposite view, and they thought, well, you know, I'm a well-off teacher or professor or whatever it might be in Australia. Um, it's patently immoral for me to be worried about 50 cents or a dollar with a tuk-tuk driver. And so whatever price they say, I'm willing to pay. Now, I thought that was a bit strange myself. That's going a bit far the other way. I, I, I desperately just was trying to avoid this feeling of getting a bad deal. And I think maybe you try to avoid that feeling or, or maybe you engage with that feeling by bargaining. But for me, the way that I was most comfortable avoiding that feeling of getting ripped off was actually not having to bargain, was having the set price. Well, look, I will say this. I'll give you a, there is a parallel. Many years ago, my then, uh, my now lovely wife and I rather, my then girlfriend, now wife, mm. did a trip to Thailand. Mm. And we were told by the tour guide when we went to a market that depending on how you bargain, they will give you plastic bags in different colours to let other vendors know. Oh, that's a good one. Wow. And the worst plastic bag was clear. If you got a clear plastic bag, you're a target, you're a mark, you you couldn't bargain to save yourself. And I thought, oh, I'll take this challenge. I'm okay with this. This will be good, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see you enjoying that. But a funny thing happened because I realized in the first conversation, I I, I bought three shirts for my son. And when I went to bargain about the price. I realized quite literally that I was haggling over 40 cents Yeah, on three shirts. And, and it occurred to me that, that that bit that the professor said or that the colleague said in India about, hang on a minute, like this isn't a moral approach to things. I sort of got struck by a little bit of, you know, privilege guilt, if yeah, you like. Yeah. Because you couldn't buy three T-shirts in Australia for what they were selling the T-shirts for mm. to begin with. They were good shirts. They were well made. They weren't um, they weren't rubbish or junk. And, and in fact, one of them survived many, many years. And 40 cents meant so little to me compared to what it meant to the vendor. Mm. Mm. Now, by the way, there are other people in the tour that were arm wrestling over a fraction of a fraction of that, and that's their right too. I was so bad in that negotiation. I got the clear bag. <laughs> and everywhere I went, so I bought some fruit, and I remember the fruit was the equivalent of about two kilo worth of mixed fruit for about a dollar fifty Australian. Mm. So I just paid. And in response, they gave me about another kilo of fruit because the vendor felt bad. <laughs> That's a good one. And I thought, it's all relative. With that said, there's an example I can give about buying a television for my delightful father-in-law, who's much like you and doesn't, he wants to get a good deal, but he doesn't want to have to feel the burn. Yeah. And he'll tell a story about me. There's two stores in a place called Warringah Mall that both sold the same model of television. And I ran up and down the escalator until I got to the bottom basement price between the two of them. And I saved him about $458 on the television. Mm. And I'm not going to lie to you. I loved it. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it. You know, 
these big retailers that think that they can push around the consumer. Where wouldn't I bargain? I'm not going to bargain with, um, you know, a restaurant. I'm not going to bargain at a coffee shop. I'm not, you know, I'm not prolific. If somebody says they're going to do some renovations on my house, they better know that, you know, they're going to give me a sharp price. But here's my take on things. I want everybody to win, okay? So I'm not going to set a bargain that disadvantages somebody, including the vendor, because there are advantages in life about paying a fair price because you get a fair day's worth of effort for a fair price. But when it comes to something like, and I have to say, I come from a long line of bargainers, by the way, Matt. My dear old mum would happily say in David Jones, is that the best price you can give me? And quite often get something off yeah. the price. Yeah. Okay. And then if she felt good about getting $5 off a purchase, she'd go and spend the $5 on little Fred and buy him something. So, of course, there was no downside to bargaining. Mm. I was never embarrassed. Mm. I've seen my son want to crawl under a rock when I've said to somebody, is that the best price you can do? And he's saying the price is there, but later on in life, I've noticed that he started to say, hang on a minute, that's not the price that the guy down the road will do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. My favourite is cars, Matt, cars. Mm. Because car salespeople aren't honest people, Matt. <laughs> Everyone knows that. So you kind of want to make them cry a little bit, don't you, Matt? <laughs> don't you, Matt? Don't you want to see their pain a little bit when they do a deal that... Just a bit calmer, you think? Just, just I don't know, Matt. There's something poetic in the mm. idea that they, they feel a little bit of pain and, you know, and a sting, a sting mm. in the tail. That's mm. okay. But what it comes down to is there's a certain ethics to the way that you do it. One, I, I don't understand your generation's reluctance to use money. Yeah, yeah, physical paper money. <laughs> physical paper money, the actual currency that is the legal tender <laughs> of the land. Uh-huh. Psychologically, that is so dissonant to me that I actually can't comprehend genuinely as we speak that you would think using money is some sort of like character flaw, Matt. Well, my only exposure really is like the kind of slightly shady, maybe like Chinese restaurants that ask you to pay in cash for a discount um, with the kind of implicit idea, maybe the fish and chip restaurant, the implicit idea that it's to keep it off the books. And that's basically all I can think of. Well, I just want to say on behalf of the If I Only Knew podcast, we do not endorse in any way, shape or form the idea of avoiding taxes or Mm. proper government regulation of business. I go out on a limb and say that. In fact, I'm a very honest citizen. I may or may not seek out restaurants of that type. Um, (laughs) You know, nothing like a little bit, nothing like the sweetness of a... uh, a little bit of a sauce that's, uh, you know, tax avoidant to really make the dim sims pop, Matt. I don't know where you come from, Matt, that you would even suggest honest migrants that have businesses in Australia are trying to avoid tax. <laughs> Look, I think this, this Man, is... I'm sorry today, listeners, we are going to... It'll get referred to HR. There'll be a conversation <laughs> later on. That's right. That's but right. look, there is this generational... Uh, I, there are... I, I know of my parents' generation... The idea of bargaining came from the prospect of necessity. Mm. You had to get the best deal because any dollar that you saved was easier than trying to make a dollar. Mm. And one of the reasons that we can have this conversation with a bit of a giggle is neither of us are in a a position where we have 
um, real deprivation. Mm. We both have access to resources. We can talk about bargaining as a bit of fun or not. And we both have the the right and the privilege to just pay the recommended retail and walk on. And again, Australia is a pretty decent place because you don't have to work out um, how to haggle to get an outcome. You don't have to work out how much, what percentage to pay the server mm. to ensure they get a fair minimum wage. Yeah, I, I quite like how our system works, but retailers also incentivize the idea that there's a deal to be done. And when they do that, you know, uh, you're obligated. You're obligated to test their resolve, I believe. But let's call it what it is. It's a sign of privilege that we can have a joking laugh about this. Whereas there's plenty of places in the world where a hard bargain um, is seen as a really virtuous thing. I think I really like this conversation because in some ways I wish I was better at it and I wish I kind of could bring myself to see more of it. I feel like I've been a little bit um, conditioned out of having that sting that you talked about, Fred. I feel like um, there's there's a point at which it just feels like, oh, I'm I'm not don't have the skills or I'm just laying over to accept whatever's given to me. Um, and I think a part of that is this idea of how formalized the economy is. It's really what stuck yeah. with me in that um, I think for our generation in many ways, there's there's a much clearer sense that this is simply the way things are and and yeah. we've been conditioned to to maybe not challenge things quite so much in in some of these spaces because the economy is extremely formalized for our whole life. Um, and I think there's something to be learnt from people of older generations that know that in fact this is a little bit of a charade that actually there are margins behind the warehouse and that there is yep. a 10% difference and uh, I think that's something that I'm trying to take on board a little bit more at least. Um, I bought an iPad not too long ago um, to replace uh, one that was about eight years old and um, I tried to put myself back as if I were, were traveling again and, and I asked oh if I get the case with that can you do me a deal if I if I if I get a student discount, does that exist or, or that kind of thing? And I got and had that go. Yeah, I got like twenty bucks off or something. I was pretty hey, happy. Hey, yeah. uh, so, oh. so they made a difference exactly. Um, and I even I even asked, look, I want the more expensive model, but uh, you know, like the more expensive model's better, but I'm not going to get it at that price. Is there any way you can do it better? And there wasn't, which was a shame because that would have been the real win. If I could have gotten the the better model, um, that would have been great. But no, I think I think there's something to be said for it, friend. As much as I'm laughing at you, I think the cash is hilarious. I I, I love that one but um i really do think there's a skill and an art to it and a, a large part of that for me is having the um awareness and self-confidence to be willing to challenge the apparent system the system provided to you to look beyond the price tag on the item and say actually there's three stakeholders involved here um who's getting the biggest cut where's that going and i think the way you talk about ethical bargaining is really interesting because that shows how integrated that sense of reality is into your like discussion of bargaining you're aware of the person delivering the service you're aware of the person supplying the goods um, and i think in some ways the the beauty of the formalized economy is we don't have to be aware of all those things right it saves energy it saves effort it saves us time but i suspect especially as you know young people get older but i suspect there's something to be said for being a little bit more aware of of the systems behind the the screen that we see i reckon I remember, Matt, I'm old enough to remember that you used to be able to, to shop around for your green slip right? when you register your car in New South Wales. The problem is now they've regulated the market, so everybody charges you exactly the same thing. Hmm. So what came out of that was a whole heap of services online 
of which we're affiliated with none, where they will say, put your green slip in and we'll show you the kind of deal you can get if you go to one insurer and you move your home and contents, plus you move your indemnity. And so it's in our nature to find a deal. And a deal feels good. It's an endorphic rush to find a deal. I would never, ever walk into an independent business, buy a cup of coffee and shortchange them. I grew up in an independent business Mm. and there was no haggle. There was no help me out here. There's no round it down because the price was the price and the margins were thin and it was about keeping the lights, the power of the phone on. Mm. But by the same token, I have no issues at all if, you know, the the good people at, uh, uh, you know, our major retailers (laughs) set up some appliances and, you know, you go in and buy a fridge, of course, you're going to ask if there's a better deal, Mm. you know. The irony is there often is. Mm. And I feel sorry for the people that don't ask the simple question like you did in the Apple store. And Apple's got price parity all around the world. So there is no way you can't even go to America and get a cheaper Apple, cheaper Apple device than you get in Australia. Mm. You pay what you pay, and I like that too because I know that there is no better deal than the deal I'm getting, mm. and I'm good with that. Mm. But again, if they you know, if I'm buying furniture from a major retailer, I'm going to ask the question, and if they won't take the price down, well, they throw a few pillows in and maybe a throw rug. You know, mm. I want to know that I'm getting something. Mm. Yeah. To the extent I once bought a car and said, and the guy said, this is the best deal we've done on this car. I don't know how you did it. And I said, don't forget to put the umbrella and the cap in the back, okay? That's, you know? good. That's good. Just that little 1% of there, Matt, you know, just to remember, you know. <laughs> and that car dealership did then offer me a job. And I did have to say I had aspirations in life that might be a little bit more elevated <laughs> than selling cars, but I was appreciative of it. What it does boil down to, though, is, again, I think it's a fantastic discussion about generations. And the generation I learnt from would never not Mm. try to seek a bargain. Mm. The generation that will learn from you will have the privilege of trusting a recommended retailer. And we are very lucky in Australia that things are regulated. There is profiteering and there's ways around things and all the rest of it. But we have the same opportunity. Mm. Now, one of the things I've never done, and I do know people that are really good at this, Matt, they go through the catalogs for the groceries oh, and they yeah. say, right, cornflakes are $12 cheaper at uh, at Coles than they are at Woolworths if I buy a case of 24. So I'm going to buy 24 things of cornflakes. I've never done that. And I admire people that do, but there's a cost-benefit analysis. Mm. At some point, um, I'm not going to peer to, I think it swings in roundabouts. Mm. Mm. But I do think, Matt, we've come to an impasse on the idea of cash, <laughs> okay? I'm looking at you like you're an alien. You're looking at me like I'm a, I'm some sort of uh, sad, afflicted soul. But a $50 note is always $50, Matt. Just remember that. Listeners, thank you for listening to us rant and rave about Matt's uh, <laughs> reluctance to ask for a better deal. I, I'm going to set him some homework. I'm going to put him out there. He's going to have to make three purchases this week where he says, <laughs> is that the best you can do? Okay. And I'll do a, a, an anxiety-provoking exercise of not haggling on any major purchases for the next month. <laughs> That's a good one for it. We'll report back about who survived, uh, <laughs> and I suspect we both will. Um, If you like the episode, if you like our previous episodes, or if you've got some thoughts about what comes next, please like, subscribe, and leave a comment. 
Matt and I only do this because we like the sound of our own voices, but we're told that some people really enjoy what we talk about and we'd love to get more feedback from you. Until next time, enjoy If I Only Knew. Thank you, Matt. Thanks very much, Fred. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a Better Pod Group production with special thanks to our researcher, Nicola Binks, executive producer, Matt Blanche, the providers of our theme song with credits that are in our bio, and of course, you, the listener. It's important to remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Whilst there are therapeutic themes discussed, in no way is this podcast considered treatment. And in the event you're in a psychological emergency, please reach out in whatever way you can through 000 or Lifeline 13 11 14. It's important to remember that the discussion is for entertainment purposes and the opinions voiced by podcast hosts are theirs and theirs alone. Any reference to copyright or copywritten material is, of course, the copyright of the copyright owner and or relevant corporate entities. Thank you for listening to Bed Pod Group Productions and tune in to some of our other excellent pod productions on this network.